Chapter 1 of The Blind Fish Militia by Angela Goff. This chapter is titled Blind Fish. Six years after the second end of the world, Mars met the ghost that changed his life. He stared down the vast hole in the ground, an access shaft with a ladder leading into darkness, the one place he'd hoped never to visit again. He wasn't sure which annoyed him more, that Nandy had insisted on this expedition, or that she'd required full fireman gear, including the hoses and tanks used for scorching tunnels and rats' nests. Sure, I can't do food prep instead, he asked, though he already knew the answer. There's plenty to forage here, early uh, roots and dandelions. I could gather... Sorry, Whiskers, I need you downstairs. Nandy adjusted the chest buckles which supported the butane canister strapped to her back. Broader than Mars and longer in the leg, she made the extra weight look easy. Mars looked down at his own gear. Steel-toed boots, underground-issued work pants, rare since the smart fiber looms had stopped. A vintage pre-blast quilted shirt, plus the harness, nozzles, holsters, and buckles of the fire gear. Mars shifted, trying to ease the weight of the canister on his back. And really rather not, he said. Andy gave him a sympathetic glance. Look, if you see dead people again, just say so. I know it's scary, but not scary, said Mars. Just annoying. Ghosts tend to adopt me. We adopted you, said a third voice, and we're not ghosts. Sitting at the shaft's edge, legs dangling in darkness, sat a rail-thin girl in close-fitting garb and oversized boots. She wore no fire gear at all, only a ragged pack strapped to her back. The rest of her gear was strapped to her head, a labyrinthine arrangement of straps, wires, and buttons all affixed to an enormous set of goggles perched on her thin nose. The goggles were opaque and solid, a digital brick with a single electronic eye in the dead center. Wisps of thin yellow hair trailed through the gaps like pale, curling leaves. Thanks, Stout, said Mars. I'm glad not all my friends are dead. You might be, if you don't square up. Nandy pointed at the fire hoses dangling by his side. You gonna connect those? Heat rushed up Mars's neck. Oh, that's why they're in the way. You think? Nandy seized a shoulder strap and yanked him toward her. Let me do it before you blow yourself up. You're the fireman. Mars ground in his heels. A cascade of pebbles skittered into the access shaft, peppering the darkness with hollow noise. Mars gazed idly into the blank, his mind wandering. That's when he saw the silver-bright figure in the dark. A face staring up at him with unblinking calm. The hairs on Mars' arms stood on end. Um, why are we doing this again? Nandy gave his harness another jerk. Winkers, as many as we can find. Winkers for safety, said Stout. They'll buy our way through Junkman territory. Mars instinctively looked over his shoulder. Massive elm trees surrounded them on all sides, their stubborn roots twisting through the small clearing that sheltered the access shaft. The trees' arms sagged till they knuckled the ground, forming caverns of green twilight that seemed to go on for miles. You think junk men'll make us pay to get home? Hedera's not home for much longer. Besides, we're nowhere near Junkman territory. Nandy leaned around him, checking the valves on Mars' canister. I double-checked the numbers before we left. We're miles from the burn zone. Junkmen don't stay in the burn zone, Stout pointed out. And not all people stay dead. Mars stared down at the ghost. 
The man, Mars was pretty sure it was a man, stared back up at him, his expression unchanging. If you see dead people again, just say so, Nandy had said. That they hadn't even gone down the ladder yet. What awaited them down there if he was already seeing ghosts in broad daylight? So, winkers to buy our way past Junkman territory, then we'll be safe. Nandy gave Mars's harness a final tug. Half a dozen more should do the trick. All right, Stout, what's the layout? Stout leaned over the edge of the opening, one hand knotted among the weeds that grew there. With her free hand, she switched on her electronic eye. It glowed a dazzling blue. She leaned in, shining the light down the hole as far as it could reach. When it swept across the ghost, he winked out entirely. No obstructions, she reported. Ladders intact. Long way down, though. A hard knot twisted inside Mars's chest. How far are we going? Nandy knelt beside Stout and stared into the darkness. Not the whole way down. Red level's been flooded since the earthquake. She ticked off the levels on her fingers. Green, yellow, orange, and red. She started ticking off the levels in reverse order, starting with her little finger. Red's flooded. Orange is overrun with rats. Yellow is hell in a laboratory, Stout supplied. Nandy twitched a dry smile. True, but we're only going as far as green level. She twitched her forefinger. No time to go further. Not enough gear for a deep dive. Mars sat down at the edge of the shaft. His heart was in his throat, but his hands were steady as he slid the fire nozzles in and out of their holsters a few times, just for practice. So we're looking for a slow death instead of a quick one. Nandy thumped the edge of his ear, making Mars wince. Green as go, she said. How about our path, Stout? How's it looking? Stout brushed the grass from her hands. Got a platform 200 yards down. No winker signals yet. All right, then. Save your battery. Let's head down. The knot in Mars's chest tightened. You sure? Blind fish, sure. Nandy gave her straps another tug. Come on, fishies. Let's dive. Stout went first, the bravest blind fish of them all. Once they descended past the reach of sunlight, she switched her eye back on, nearly blinding Mars as he climbed down after her. A frightening image of dropping through the dark to unforgiving concrete miles below ran through him. Save the battery, he hissed. Gotta make a sweep. Stout moved her light down the ladder and back again, checking for gases, breaks in the ladder, you know, so we can be safe. Shouldn't you have? I can't scan from that far up, you know that. Keep moving, Nandy's voice ricocheted from above. Stout switched off her eye and the descent continued, only now the darkness was absolute. Light spots danced across Mars' eyes. Mars fumbled for the next set of rungs, trying to keep his balance and his nerve. Not gonna fall, he kept telling himself. Just keep clicking. The rungs were slick and ice cold beneath his fingers. For a quarter mile straight down they descended, without one ghost to break the monotony. After what felt like an eternity, Nandy called out, Stout! Where are we? This time, Mars shut his eyes before the eye flooded the shaft. He clung to the ladder, trying to ignore the uncomfortable buzz in his legs. Dozens of tiny muscle twitches, reminding him why climbing was something he tried to avoid. Almost there, Stout announced. Air's tolerable so far. Rats? Can't read organic matter, Stout called back up in her pointed, we've had this talk before, voice. We brought Mars for the weird stuff. The weird stuff. Mars followed, eyes still shut. If only you knew. 
A few minutes later, the ring of metal was replaced by the crunch of boots on a hard surface. Mars heard stout scuffle to one side. A stale breeze ruffled his pants legs as he touched down on a concrete ledge, hemmed in on one side by a grimy railing. Stout's eye revealed two rounded doors with wheel locks set deep into the concrete wall. Both were slightly ajar. Mars sagged against the wall, waiting for his legs to stop buzzing. Nandy stomped down the last few rungs and landed with a sigh. Need a stronger light? asked Stout. Not yet. Whiskers? Which way is safer? Mars stepped to the first door and sniffed the air beyond. He then carefully stepped around his teammates and sniffed the darkness beyond the second. They smelled the same. No gases? Nothing, said Stout. Not even trace amounts. No rats either, said Mars. From a tool pouch near her waist, Nandy drew out a small device with a square screen with buttons along the handle. She pointed it down first one tunnel, then the other. Nothing happened, except that the tiny screen flickered blue each time. Temperatures within normal levels, she reported. All right, Stout, your turn. She took Stout by the elbow and steered her to the first door. Stout switched on her eye. For a moment, the tunnel beyond lit up with blue-white clarity, revealing pipes running off in parallel lines to an unguessed distance. No signal, she said. Nandy took her to the second door. Another click of the eye, another tunnel with identical rows of pipes. After a searching silence, Stout shook her head. Nothing here, either. So we pick one, follow it to a hub, said Nandy. A silver flicker caught Mars's eye. Through the crack of the first door stared the squint-faced, squint-eyed face of a dead man. Somehow, Mars knew it was the same one from the shaft opening. Mars, got a preference? asked Nandy. Um, maybe the first door? The dead face frowned. The hollow eyes narrowed a touch, almost as though it was confused. Nandy's eyes narrowed. You sure you don't smell rats? I'm sure. Nandy leaned against the first door. It swung outward with a resonating groan. The dead man disappeared as if shut off by a switch. Mars sensed it had only moved further down the tunnel. Nandy stepped away from the door, eyeing him shrewdly. All right, Whiskers, I trust your nose. Lead on.